0: vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised.
1: I'm a cult of personality I
2: know your anger I know your dreams I've been everything you want to be Oh,
1: I'm a cult of
2: personality
1: Like Mussolini and Kennedy I'm a cult of personality A cult of
3: Hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line, Andrew McClain, here with you yet again. September 16th, 2020, what day of the week is this? Wednesday? It's a Wednesday. Wednesday and it is a very interesting Wednesday as um most of you are not watching this live but if you are watching it after we post it you'll know that uh, you have a hurricane headed your way this is the this is crazy too now we're in Birmingham Alabama we normally don't Get hurricanes hit us directly. Uh, Usually, it's the 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 uh, coastal area of Alabama and Florida and Mississippi. But this bad boy, Kathy or whatever this is, it what is it called? Sharon, Karen, something. I don't even know what it's called. But it came up through the Gulf and it was headed west, headed straight for like Louisiana, headed for uh, New Orleans, all those areas. And it just stopped and started going straight north, and now it's even cutting back to the east a little bit, uh, and hitting a good portion of of Georgia, Atlanta. Seeing it before we're even getting it here in Birmingham, but uh, it's on top of us at this point. So we're gonna see what happens. I said, man, I gotta get in here and do a podcast before our power goes out, because I feel like that's um that that's the next thing that's gonna happen. We're going to lose power, and at that point, there's no podcast you got no podcast and we don't want that to happen now do we because we got a lot of stuff to talk about i was uh, for the past 12 hours or i guess from last night until now i was on a a twitter tirade because and i don't know if it's because of um just the amount of news that's out there or what but i was just, i was on one i guess <laughs> i guess we could say uh It's just Twitter, as much censorship and stuff that goes on with Big Tech, I've got to give it to social media like Twitter. These guys, they really provide us a good service. With as much misinformation and everything else that's out there, there's a lot of good things that come from things like Twitter. And uh, one of the biggest things that makes me say that is the fact that I'm able to just tweet my thoughts throughout the day, and then when it's time for the podcast, it's almost like I don't even have to do show prep because it's a little, like, right here. It's, it's and so I just go through my Twitter timeline and talk about this stuff that I've posted over the past, um, you know, uh, 24 hours. It's great. It's kind of like the video of Joe Biden. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but it was from two days ago, I guess. Two days ago. He is out in a field. In Pennsylvania, like 10, 15 minutes from his house or something, you know, he's doing this big global warming speech. And he's, he's talking, this giant, disgusting cockroach starts to crawl on his shoulder and then works its way up the back of his neck. It's the most uncomfortable thing you're, you're possibly going to see today. Well, watch this. For those of you on YouTube, watch this cockroach hop up on uh, from your angle, Joe Biden's left shoulder
4: and it works its its way way
5: around watch this
4: with more resiliency more ability to withstand extreme weather extreme weather that will only come with greater frequency and intensity the unrelenting impact of climate change oh that's so bad single solitary one of us but too often the brunt falls disproportionately on communities of color
3: Oh. oh, it's on his neck.
4: Oh, God. For ex- environmental justice. Sorry, that's a bug.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is so uncomfortable. That is so bad. Because, hey, listen, we've all been in that position. Don't get me wrong. It's not, you know, it's not something Joe Biden had control of. I mean, I guess you did if you decided to hold a, uh, a presser out in the middle of a field. You got to expect that kind of stuff. But all I could think about is you remember the comments joe biden made about uh the kids at the the local pool rubbing his his leg hair and at the end of that little spiel he said um something about how the kids taught him about cockroaches and stuff i said i don't really i didn't i still don't understand that but i'm wondering if those are the same roaches that he was taught about at the uh swimming pool maybe it is maybe he's not So that was, really, that was related to uh, global warming, and (laughs) he can't, I I don't, I'm sitting here and going back and forth on whether or not I should play some of this stuff, but the the president, uh, to a fault, is absolutely hilarious on Twitter, okay, and sometimes that works against him, but he is not afraid of a good meme, he's not afraid of something that is uh, slightly offensive. Being retweeted on his timeline, he's not afraid of any of that stuff, so things that come out <laughs> things that people make uh that are borderline. hey, we don't know if the president should be tweeting that out. He doesn't really care he'll do it, so that moment right there, you know it, he had his meeting the president did out in California, met with Gavin Newsom and others and and he explained after before and after about how. These California wildfires continue to um, to to rage out of control. One is because they let the environmental loons uh, call the shots, and they don't clear brush and do things they could do to keep these wildfires when they do start from getting out of control. But another part is it is it they have people that intentionally set these fires. You have arson that happens out in California, and ninety percent of the time. We find out that's the case afterwards, but the left always wants to blame it on global warming. That it's just because the planet's getting hot, and that's why fires are just mysteriously popping up out in California. That is obviously not the case, and and I told y'all I would do a podcast on on climate change in general. We can do that very soon. Um, I I don't know that I'm going to have time to do it today, but I'm trying to find this one video... And I guess somebody else posted it. I could have swore the president posted it. Maybe it, was, maybe it was Team Trump. I need to start. I didn't actually tweet that one, so I don't have that one on hand. Let's we'll see if Team Trump's got that one. But it takes that same speech where Joe Biden is out in a field and they Photoshop in the background a a, uh, a, a member of Antifa. Let's see. It says false information here. I'm trying to see. Okay, they they crop in a picture of a, a member of Antifa setting fires to the brush behind him, and then another member of Antifa comes walking in with a leaf blower and uh, starts starts blowing the fire across the way and and you know making the fire uh, worse and worse. I can't find it. I guess I should have tried to look it up before I um. Before I told y'all I was gonna play it, but it's uh it's nowhere to be found, so I guess... Huh, they got Team Trump. I'll tell you, I give Team Trump credit. These guys are on top of it. They got so much crap on their Twitter feed. If I come across it, I'll, I'll play it for you guys, but it was absolutely hilarious. Some of y'all listening to the audio version of this podcast don't really care, because you can't see it. But it's important that you go to YouTube, so you can. We're... we're Really moving in a visual direction. And that's not to say that we're only going to do the shows on YouTube now. But uh in the future, who knows what could happen. We can't predict the future, but, you know, maybe, just maybe, we'll be straight YouTube one day. If, uh well, until YouTube shuts us down. Okay, I don't have that video. I've looked and looked and looked, so... Uh, but just take my word on it. It was funny. Joe Biden out there in the field, and they crop in Antifa members in the back setting a fire. Uh, it was it was second to none. Absolutely amazing. And this is part of why I'm, I'm actually giving Twitter credit. I think, um, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy's name? Jack that runs Twitter. I think he's an absolute tool bag and is a detriment to society. But the concept of Twitter and and the stuff that we are able to get on here, second to none. Yeah, I can't find it. I'm going to quit looking now. I was looking and looking and looking, but but no luck. So uh, that video was out there. I encourage you to try to look it up and find it. It's very, very funny. Um, The other one that he made, now there is a Joe Biden who was, I guess it was yesterday... They had, it was like Hispanic, uh, God, what was it? Some sort of Hispanic Heritage Day, right? And what happened, Donald Trump held a roundtable with other leading, I guess, Hispanic business owners to talk about um, coronavirus and uh, other things. Oh, I, I just found it. Donald Trump actually did tweet this out. It was at the very top, of course. <laughs> Here's—I know I'm all over the road, y'all—but here's Biden in the uh, in the field. Uh, for those of you watching on on YouTube, you got to see this. This is this is too good, too good to miss.
4: May not have caused these fires, but if he gets a second term, these hellish events will continue to become more common, more devastating, and more Meanwhile has that immigration is threatening our suburbs. It's ridiculous.
3: But you know what is actually threatening our suburbs? <laughs> you know what's actually threatening our suburbs? That's right. Donald Trump and his ignoring of climate change. But... <laughs> I just can't get it up. Then you've got Joe Biden at this Hispanic event. I don't remember where he was at, but he... He came out, he was introduced by the guy, there's there's a song called Despacito, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all have heard the song before, it was very popular on the pop charts or whatever. I don't know who the guys are that sing it, um, but it was uh, apparently the artist of the song introduced Joe on the stage, and so Joe goes up to the podium, and he's like, oh, I got something for y'all to listen to. And he starts playing on his cell phone, through the microphone, the Despacito song. And, you know, he's all kind of dancing around and stuff. And he thought it was was uh, cute, I guess. Well, the internet, as relentless as the internet is, they took that song that he played and they dubbed over it with N.W.A.'s hit song, F the Police. <laughs> which... It's nothing. there's nothing more fitting than that I'm going to try to play this for y'all and uh, I'm going to do my best to edit it out so we don't have any like real nasty words on here but uh, here, here's the image of Joe in, uh, going up to the stage and, and him playing that song on his cell phone listen to this
4: I just have one thing to say hang on here <laughs> police coming
3: straight from the underground a young Bad cause I'm brown Color, so police think
6: they have the authority to kill a minority because
1: I ain't the one m- I' tell you what if I had to tell them of any one of these people
4: i'd be I'd be elected president by acclamation
3: <laughs> so y'all, okay and, and maybe i I'm, I'm over the top with this maybe maybe I think it's a lot more funny than it actually is, and it was because when I woke up this is the first thing I saw, but I was crying, y'all. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. This is great. This is, and, and this is what I love about the the following that Trump has accumulated, okay? It's not just y- your your grandmas and your grandpas and your mom and dad and just these old square people that, that you know, that don't know how to have fun, that, but they're just serious about the country and, and and politics and all that. You've got such a diverse group. Of people now supporting Trump, that that you you get these type of things. You know, this is this is fun. It, it's got it speaks a lot of truth, but it's also fun, <laughs> and it's absolutely hilarious. And this is another reason that I feel like Trump is going to absolutely obliterate Joe Biden in the election because the, the left has been able to run roughshod on on Republicans in the past because. Republicans have been squares. They've been old white men that just, you know, they they don't know how to produce good uh, promos, good commercials. Everything's just so bland and boring. And then the left had things like Hollywood and the music industry at their disposal. So they were able to reach more people and and sell their message no matter how uh, how false of the message was. They were able to sell it with those tools. Well now your average joes that have the ability to create these clips and movies and commercials the same ability that Hollywood does and get it out to a large number of people via social media it's completely neutralized that weapon of the left. They don't Hollywood and the music industry does not hold the power they once did. The whole landscape has changed, and it, it's been a, a domino effect, if you will, because you're seeing a lot of people. There's this one rapper I listen to. His name's Tom McDonald, and he's a perfect example of this. He's not—he um he, he does get political on his stuff, and he, he doesn't necessarily support Trump or the left or whatever. I think he's somewhere in between, but this is a guy who at, at any other time— in history within the music industry he would have never made it to where he's at right now and he made it there fast without being owned by a record label being owned by the music industry but instead this dude made his own music he did his own promotions it's he and his uh his girlfriend putting it out online getting the word out there and they're you know they got millions and millions of people on youtube watching their music videos they're selling millions of copies of albums like crazy I've purchased uh, signed, copied albums, signed copies for uh, P. Diddy to put on his shelf, you know. There's like, these guys, you don't need the rich and the famous anymore to make it. So that's given these guys the ability to support their candidate in a way that only the left had in the past. And it's, it's absolutely destroying them. And it's destroying their message. And again, it also produces some pretty amazing amazing content. Absolutely love it. Uh, Speaking of getting your name out there and uh, using the internet to your advantage to get your voice out there, whether it's your content, your podcast, your music, whatever, Joe Rogan is another person that has done a fabulous job with that. Now, I've got my own opinions on Joe Rogan, but in, in no way would I ever want my opinions to take away what he does and what he has done because I think he's got it figured out. He's obviously got it figured out. He's making millions and millions of dollars. He's got countless listeners, something. Anybody doing a podcast would would give their left leg to have, right? I think he's a little bit of a... a, a I think he lacks in in content as far as he just kind of agrees with every gas that he brings on. But that's okay because it works. And, and I commend him for not just having something that works, but having something that works and sticking with it. So many people do that. So many people have something that works and then they want to change it and then they wonder why it didn't work out. Well, that's because it wasn't broke and you tried to fix it. Joe Rogan is the opposite of that. Now, it it got put out there by, I guess, one of Joe Rogan's buddies or a guest he had, I think it was a UFC guy, on Twitter saying, hey, uh, Joe Rogan brought up this idea that we could get, uh, on remote location, Donald Trump and Joe Biden in the same meeting with Joe Rogan moderating a debate. Four hours, no holds barred, just banging out the issues. Donald Trump the smart businessman that he is, he was like, yeah, we're all over it. We'll do it. But everybody on the left is like, no, 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 no. We can't. We can't do that. It's a bad idea. That's beneath Joe. That's beneath Joe Biden. We don't want to... Blah, blah, blah. So I was watching The View today, and they brought it up. And it's so funny to watch these Yentas on The View who who really have no credibility with, I, I don't feel like, anybody sit here and bash Joe Rogan for what he does because they know it would be absolutely disastrous for one Joe Biden. Here's that clip. Uh, it's like five or six minutes long. I don't know if I'll play the whole thing. But here's that clip from The View and them talking about that. It was either earlier today or sometime sometime last night. I can't remember. I still got an NWA playing in the background. I almost turned that up. We're we'll gonna have to find out how to stop that. Joe Biden still, <laughs> still going. All right, here's the view uh, from earlier today. So uh, check this out. ...the election
2: and some Democrats uh, worry that Joe Biden is playing it too safe and needs to find ways to get his message out to voters. Uh, you know who just agreed to let a podcaster and UFC <laughs> commentator Joe Rogan moderate a presidential debate. I mean, is this a good move for anybody? And is this a good move for Bob?
3: Do you like how Whoopi Goldberg laughs like Joe Rogan is some sort of joke? Like, it's this pompous attitude that the women of The View have that they're so much better than everybody else. And they do the same thing with the guests they bring on. (laughs) Joe Rogan with his podcast. What a loser with his podcast and his millions of dollars and his millions of followers. What do you
1: think, mate?
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm a Joe Rogan listener and a Joe Rogan fan, even though I'm sure it's uncomfortable because he really is no fan of The View and no fan of ours. But I was listening to his podcast. Well,
3: there's there's a reason for that. Can we, real quick, can we talk about something? This right here, okay? I'm going to get in trouble for this because I'm not supposed to be talking about people's looks especially women i've always personally found megan mccain attractive but something is going on with her on this episode of the view and i don't know what it it it, it's reminiscent of the time kamala harris went on msnbc and she looked like somebody beat her in the face with a baseball bat before she went on camera can anybody tell me what what is this what is going on here because i have no idea
7: Podcast when he suggested. um... That
3: does not even look like Megan McCain. Who is that? Who is this imposter?
7: That he moderated debate with President Trump and Vice President Biden. And anyone who doesn't follow him, Joe Rogan is a juggernaut. He has 200 million uniques on his podcast a month. He just signed a historic deal with Spotify. He has an absolutely huge audience. He's controversial to some people, to other people. He's basically like the every man who's speaking truth to power, depending on your perspective. And I think what this says is two things. Number one, I was personally very disappointed with the debate moderator choices. And I'm very disappointed in the way uh, our media has been questioning both of these candidates. I think we deserve better. These are uncom- uncomfortable and very dangerous times. And I think that we should be asking both of these candidates uncomfortable questions. And the idea that we're going to have sort of very old school journalists, no disrespect to the people who were chosen, who only get one hour and we can't stream, um, is, is, really, is really, I think, uh, not, not going to be sufficient, especially in the era of COVID. When we all-
3: yeah, uh, give Meghan McCain that. If you're looking to reach that younger audience, if you're looking to expand your message, that's the way to do it. Not just with the streaming, not just with Joe Rogan, but the ability for this to go mainstream and not just be with the same old hack political moderators that go in there with an agenda. If Joe Rogan has got one characteristic that's going to work out for him, it's the fact that he's not going to be an argumentative moderator. He would actually let them go at it. And duke it out right there on the uh, on the debate stage, or however the thing's set up. Already
7: have had so much of a of a back bump of not being able to get the kind of answers from both of these candidates that, that that we need. So I think that's why this Joe Rogan conversation has gained so much traction and attention online. And I would love to see it happen, but I think I, I think there's probably mm-hmm. no way it's going to ultimately end up happening. But I do think if President Trump ends up doing an interview with Joe Rogan, it could be it could be very fascinating and a game changer
3: so sonny what's your opinion on this are are you aware of joe rogan you are you a fan not a fan you think he's the person that should be doing it whoopi whoopi goldberg's got a real problem with joe rogan can can you can anybody tell do you even know this joe rogan guy who is he never never heard of him
2: No, I don't. Um, I think it would be inappropriate for Joe Rogan to host a presidential debate. I mean, I think given his use of the N-word, I think given his comparing a black neighborhood to Planet of the Apes, um, given the fact that he has called a transgender woman a man. uh,
3: Well, I mean, if we're being honest, a transgender woman is a man. I mean, how can we follow the science with one thing and not follow the science with the other? What do we pick and choose when we want to follow the science?
2: Um, I think all of that disqualifies him to be the host of uh, a presidential debate. I,
3: th- I, I wonder I wonder if she thinks that... Uh, who's the guy that Whoopi used to be married to? Um, uh, God, what was his name? Um... Jeez, Tony, Tony, um, not Tony Danza. Who is it? Anyway, y'all remember him. He used to get on TV and wear blackface all the time. She would promote that. Okay. Well, um, d- does that disqualify Whoopi from being on this stupid TV show, The View? Get out of here.
2: I think um, President Trump has debased the office of the presidency. I think as a country, we have lost uh, a sense of decorum. And I don't think a host like that should be um, someone who is given the honor, and I think it is an honor, to host a presidential debate.
3: Um, okay, um, I, I'm, I'm normally the last one to stick up for people like Joe Rogan, but this is ridiculous. I mean, even, look at the faces of these women as Sonny, whatever name is, Sonny is talking about how Joe Rogan's disqualified. If you want to talk about being disqualified, that would be 90% of the people in media. If we're going to go by these standards of who gets disqualified between sexual assault, sexual harassment, racist comments, xenophobic comments. You look at somebody like... Like Joy Reid from MSNBC, who's had a weekend show for forever. She's made all kinds of xenophobic and and homophobic comments. And instead of her being punished for that, she gets her own primetime show five days a week. Okay? And I guarantee you that these five women, if Joy Reid came on their show, they would be drooling all over themselves. Drooling. This is not about Joe Rogan being disqualified or not not having the the right accolades to be a debate moderator this has to do with joe biden not needing to be in a debate at all they know the guy's going to get destroyed and they would give anything to keep him off a debate stage in any form that's just my take
7: Could I, could I ask Sonny right. a question, and though? Sarah, it just came out that it? Susan Page had hosted an off-the-record dinner for— Wait,
3: who's this lady? Oh, wait, that's, never mind. That's Megan McCain. I forgot. She looks different. I'm sorry.
7: Trump uh, people, people in the Trump White House. And I don't necessarily think—like, mm-hmm. I, I would like—and I think you and I are in agreement on this. I do think there needs to be a, a new watershed of people who are allowed to moderate these debates. I think it feels very dated and very old. Do you disagree? Um, I do disagree.
2: I think that um, I I, I am a traditionalist, as you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that journalists should be hosting these debates. I think that we had someone like Lindsey Davis of ABC who did a spectacular job hosting the debates. Um, I saw Anderson Cooper, I thought he did an-
3: Ma'am, ma'am, there there are no such thing as real journalists anymore and you notice the name she brings up at the end i think anderson cooper would be a great uh addition to be a moderator anderson cooper really these people are hacks but they're the ones that are qualified to to be a debate moderator they what needs to happen here is these guys need to be honest 100 percent, completely honest in the sense of they do not want joe biden on a debate stage They do not want him on any, any stage. These people, Joe Biden is out of his mind. This is why we're we're watching the media run interference on a level that we've never, ever seen. Ever. We've never seen the media. Now, the media has been evil and the enemy of the people for a long time, but we have never seen them go to this level. Joe is out of his mind and they're covering for this guy. If it were anybody else, if it were any Republican, they would be demanding this guy get put into an old person's home, into a nursing home. Watch, here's Joe at his latest event getting off the plane, pointing, okay? He's pointing and he's waving at nobody. Literally. Watch, watch Joe Biden. Gets off the plane. He points over to the sky. He waves another point and moves on. What? What are you, What is he doing? <laughs> My first thought was he was giving glory to God, you know, kind of like when you score a touchdown and you, you know, point to heaven. This is Joe. Lord, thank you for not letting me fall down these stairs. <laughs> but I think he's just out of his mind crazy. In the media, We'll cover for him. Now, on the other hand, if Donald Trump is out there, not only will reporters be absolutely nasty to him, but if he's taking questions from the general public, the media will let people slide with being absolutely derogatory towards him. So, for instance, Donald Trump did a a, a town hall on ABC. This was last night. Was it last night? I don't know. There's been so much going on that I ain't been able to keep up with it. So the president does this town hall, and he takes questions from what is supposed to be just average, average people, right? And a lot of it's got to do with surrounding coronavirus or, you know, whatever. Here's one of those. Now, I want you to watch the demeanor. For those of you on YouTube, watch the demeanor of this, this audience member that is asking the question, especially when the president attempts to answer
5: her.
2: If you believe it's the president's responsibility to protect America, why would you downplay a pandemic that is known to disproportionately harm low income families and minority communities?
1: Yeah, well, I didn't downplay it. I actually, in many ways, I upplayed it in terms of action. My action admit was very it strong. Yourself, saying yeah, because that you... what I did was uh, with China, I put
3: it, It's the president. Why, why are you talking now? Watch. Watch your face as he tries to explain what he did when, and, and what he means by he upplayed it. Because he's 100% right. I'll explain it to you after this. The ban
1: on with Europe, I put a ban on. And we would have lost thousands of more people had I not put the ban on. So that was called action. Not with the mouth, but in actual fact. We did a very, very good job when we put that ban on. Whether you call it talent or luck, it was very important. So we saved a lot of lives when we did that. There were holes in the ban, and the European ban didn't come for another And month. There's
3: George what? Stephanopoulos coming in and running his mouth. You see, she couldn't even stand up for the duration of the president to finish his answer. She had to she had to sit down as she rolled her eyes, and, and just, she just couldn't stand it. Can't believe I'm having to sit here and listen to the leader of the free world. I tell you what, if that was my child to add the, the amazing opportunity to go up and ask a question to the president of the United States, and let's say the president at the time is Obama— if P. Diddy's got that privilege, he asks a question, and he acts like a spoiled child on national TV as the president tries to answer, you would catch me come in the shot, in in, in the, the the frame of the camera, snatch that boy up by his hair, and drag him like a caveman out of that arena. I would have done that in a heartbeat. Because I would not have my child looking like a spoiled, arrogant brat on national TV. That chick right there should be absolutely ashamed of herself. Now, you can almost make excuses for her because she looked like she was pretty young, maybe 17, 18 years old. This one right here is a much different story. This is a grown lady asking the president a question and really not even giving the, uh, the, the president the opportunity to answer the question then i'll go back to the point of how he played it up but watch this this is from this uh the same town hall the president being asked another question by a member of the audience
2: should pre-existing conditions which obamacare brought into uh brought to fruition
3: you can already see the hostility before she even gets her questions out now, with pre-existing conditions that 100% are credited to Obama. And by the way, there's been numerous opportunities to end the coverage of pre-existing conditions. And, and, and Donald J. Trump has been the one to say, we are absolutely keeping that in place no matter what. But I digress. Be removed. No. Now, she, she says, should pre-existing conditions be removed... Okay. Now, if she actually paid attention and just didn't just repeat all the things that the media tells her, she would know from day one the president has said we will never remove the coverage of pre-existing conditions. But she doesn't know that because she doesn't think for herself, apparently.
2: Should pre-existing conditions which Obamacare brought, into, uh, brought to fruition be removed no without please stop and let me finish my question sir should
3: this (laughs) this lady should absolutely be embarrassed of herself she embarrassed herself right there on a national tv absolutely embarrassed herself and she should be ashamed but this is this is the attitude that the media has created. And it's, it's one of many reasons that the media is the enemy of the people. They have created this attitude within the American public. That Donald Trump is the most evil person on the planet. And that you have to be nasty to him. Forget respect for the Oval Office. We know what's best for you. We know this guy, this guy is bad for you. So, you've got to uh you got to be hostile. You got to be hostile towards him. You got to be hostile towards Trump supporters. We've played the audio for you where Democrats on numerous numerous occasions have come out and said confront these people in public. Attack them. Let them know that they're not welcome in this country. They've said it time and time again, and that blood is on their hands. Because here's the deal. When it comes to the left and the right, there's one side that does not want a civil war. They may think they do, but they don't want a civil war in this country. Because the people that just love America, that love their freedom and want to be left alone those are the ones that are actually prepared for something to go down and if you pick a fight on the wrong day it's not going to work out well for you y'all know exactly what i'm saying so you had that last night props to the president for even going on there and sitting down with george stephanopoulos and and watching these childish uh babies ask him questions and and keep his calm He answered the first one that you listened to, said he had upplayed the media's thing is, oh, Donald Trump, he downplayed the virus, costing thousands of lives because he didn't tell anybody it was bad. I don't know what these guys had been listening to, but all I have heard from day one is how bad the coronavirus is. That's all I've heard. So I don't know where this it's not bad is coming from, but. He did upplay it with his actions, which is what he said there. How do you know he upplayed it with his actions? Because he produced tons of PPE. He produced tons of ventilators that we never even had to use. Tons of hospital ba- beds, military ships that we never even had to use. He got those in place ready to go because we were told over and over and over our hospital system was going to be overwhelmed. Guess what? We got everything we needed. And we didn't even use it. We sent it to other countries. That's called overplaying it with your actions. We overreacted with this. 100%. Nobody can say any different. There has been a 100% overreaction by the president. So if he did anything wrong, that would be it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's fine. You'd rather have too much than not enough. But to say that he didn't, he he downplayed it and he didn't do what he needed to do to make sure people were taken care of is a complete fabricated lie. He did everything. Any other president in his position wouldn't have done half of what he did to prepare for this virus from shutting down borders, shutting down the economy. To inducing the the the, the 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 defense act and making sure that we had all the equipment we needed, which we didn't need, we just got spun into a tizzy over the media looking from day one to use this against this president. Now all that coming at the same time that the president has had a historic week, historic. It's only Wednesday. It's been a historic week as the president has brokered a deal to bring peace to the Middle East. Now I talked to you about this yesterday, so I won't go back into it. But it was—it's it, an absolutely amazing, amazing sight to see. There's video footage here from Israel. Let me see if I can pull that up. And uh, man, it's—it's it's got uh, on a projector on uh, the, uh, the 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 um, on the video. With the American flag, the Israeli flag, the Palestinian flag. All these flags flying side by side by side. Showing unity with all these countries. It's just... It may not mean much for those of you that don't keep up with the Middle East conflicts. But when you have followed this for a long time and you see this image... It, it's almost... it's too It's emotional. Because there's so many people that have died and lost their lives had their lives ruined because of this conflict and leader after leader after leader and i mean american leader has not been able to fix this to pull off any sort of uh, of deal to bring peace to the middle east and here we are this is not going to bring ultimate peace to the middle east but it is an enormous step and that's quite the sight to see right there and absolutely should not be scoffed at. Uh, the media will not cover this whatsoever. It would have uh, it would have won Obama 26 Nobel Peace Prizes if he would have brokered this deal, but instead this is how the media covers it. Here's a screenshot from C- uh, CNN when they had the actual event uh, signing the declaration at the White House. This is how CNN covered it. They showed an image from the White House, and the bottom third, the little banner at the bottom, says, Coronavirus pandemic. Trump holds White House event with large crowd, little social distancing. Not, not Donald Trump has brought peace to the Middle East. Donald Trump's holding a White House event, and there's no social distancing going on. Normal people see this, okay? This is not just Andrew. He drinks Trump's bathwater, so he's going to defend him no matter what. No, normal people see this. They see the deception. And more and more, they're understanding what people like myself have been saying for so long. That these people that have been in Washington, D.C. for a long, long time that have been in government agencies, in the FBI, and the CDC. Those upper echelon people, they don't care about you. They're not looking out for your best interest. Something I say all the time, that we all used to be on the same page when it came to not trusting our government. We were able to see that they weren't getting anything done. They were, they were not... They were not doing anything to benefit the American people. And they would always lie to you about what they were going to do. But it never came to fruition. But now we finally have somebody that's doing what they said they would do. And it's making people realize what they've missed out on for so long because they voted for the same people over and over and over. And I hope this is a trend that goes into the future once Donald Trump is gone, long gone. I hope it's a trend where people can look back at this presidency and say you know what? Things were good when we voted people that hadn't been in Washington, D.C. for 40 and 50 years. Let's keep doing that. Another amazing sight was Benjamin Netanyahu and the President Donald Trump in the White House. As Donald Trump presented him a key to the White House in uh, in in, in, mem- in the the honor of being a part of this peace deal. I want you guys to see that as well.
1: This was a special token of affection given by myself and the First Lady to uh, Prime Minister and the First Lady of Israel. And it's a uh, key. uh, We call it a key to the White House. And it's a key to our country and to our hearts. And you've been uh, an amazing leader for a long period of time. And this is this is, in many respects, the big day, because this is something that's very special. And uh, We just left UAE and Bahrain. We're going to meet outside in a ceremony. And it's just a very important event, and it's an honor to have you with us, baby. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you, Mr. President. And I have said, and this is true, that you have the key to the hearts of the people of Israel because of all, of all the great things you've done for the Jewish state and the Jewish people so thank you thank
1: Thank you you very much
3: fantastic nobody has done more for Israel than this president out of all the leaders that we have elected in this country no person has done more for the state of Israel for their safety for their independence for their mere right to exist Donald Trump has done more in three years than any president Not just in our lifetime, but in history. In history. Bringing peace to the Middle East was something we just all assumed couldn't happen. And here we are. One more thing before I get out of here. I got to talk about coronavirus, as uh, CNN so politely brought up. Uh, This is something that's being put out by Tucker Carlson. It was on the Tucker Carlson show last night. And social media is trying to trying to suppress this, okay? But it's very important. He had a guest on his show who is, her name is Dr. Li Ming Yan, and she apparently has the proof that the coronavirus didn't come from a bat at a wet market, that it came from the Wuhan lab that we, and when I say we, I mean the Obama administration, sent tons and tons of money too. That's where it came from. That the coronavirus that are in these bats that they're blaming it on can't even be transmitted to humans. It was absolutely stunning and it's something that we're going to be talking about more in future podcasts. But this is very important information because the media, for whatever reason is kowtowing to China and literally doing their work in propagating this cover-up. Absolutely, absolutely sickening,
5: but here it goes. Tucker Carlson, just last night. ...evidence about where this pandemic actually came from. We're happy to have her on tonight. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on.
6: Hi, Tucker. Hi, Tucker, thank you.
5: Thank you, I know that you've published some of your research you're planning on publishing more soon. Give us, for a non-scientific audience, a summary of why you believe this virus came from a lab in Wuhan, please.
6: Okay, briefly from my first report, I can present the solid scientific evidence to our audience that this virus, COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 virus, actually is not from nature. It is a man-made-
3: And yes, I do understand how hard it is to listen to this lady, but- <laughs> English is not good, but just hang with her. Listen to this. This is
6: very important. Virus created in the lab based on the China military discovered and owned the very unique bad coronavirus, which cannot affect people, but after the modification becomes a very harmful virus at now. So I have evidence to show why they can do it what they have done. How did they do it?
5: So what you're saying is much more sinister even than we've suggested on this show than Tom Cotton's, than almost anyone suggested. You're saying that the Chinese government manufactured this virus, if I'm hearing you correctly. That's what you're saying?
6: Yes, exactly. Based on the virus genome, it's basically like our fingerprint. So you can see the very unusual characters in their genome, which clearly, based on the other evidence they left during the modification, we can see finally this is exactly the one come from their own special bat coronavirus and then target human.
5: What you're alleging is shocking more even than I anticipated when we invited you on? So I I just want to ask the most obvious question, which is this. So
3: what you've got here is Tucker finding out from this lady that they took the bat's coronavirus, the coronavirus that that belonged in the bat that allegedly was eaten at the wet market and blah, 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 that could not be transferred to humans. They brought it into this lab after we, the U.S., sent them millions and, and even billions of dollars And we're able to genetically structure this virus to not only get it into humans, but to make it, uh, to, to, to genetically morph it in a way that it was incredibly, incredibly contagious. This is groundbreaking stuff, and it's shocking that the media is trying to cover this up. If you find this video on social media, you will see where it says this video contains false information.
5: Shocking, absolutely shocking that this is being covered up. Listen, listen, there's more. This genome presumably is in the possession of many researchers around the world. Why is nobody saying yeah. this if it's true?
6: Yeah, why there is nobody want to say it is because of the big suppression come from the Chinese Communist Party government and also their friend in scientific world. So basically, this is very clearly that this virus is like Frankenstein. So he created those things, like basically a cow has deer's head, has rabbit's ear, and also have monkey's hand. So they can never get it from the nature. And there were evidence left in the genome. But the scientific world also kept silence, worked together with Chinese Communist Party. They don't want people to know this truth. Also that's why I get suspended, I get suppression, I is I am the target that Chinese Communist Party won't be disappeared.
5: You're a brave you're a brave person.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you hear what she's saying. She's like I, I am under a constant threat of losing my life because I'm out here saying this. Do you remember do you remember the images that we saw when this we first started hearing about this this new virus over in China? It was well before it, it got here. I guess probably November, December, whatever. It was here. It was here way before that. Don't let anybody fool you. Do you remember the shocking images we were getting out of China? People being snatched off the street and stuffed into vans. People coming up missing. People dying, just randomly dying. It was the Chinese government committing a genocide against people who would dare speak out against this. And they'll kill you whether you're in China or you're over here. They have actively covered this up from the start, which is why we dealt with what we dealt with. The Chinese government attempted to crash our economy with that, but also... They used it to thin out their own people. The Chinese Communist government has a history of trying trying to thin the herd, if you will. Whether it's their one-child policy, where if you have more than one child, they murder the child. Or they put you in a concentration camp because of your religion. To re-education camps, if you will. The Chinese Communist government is the most dangerous government currently on this planet, even more dangerous than the US government. I know, that's hard to believe. But to the threat of humanity,
5: the biggest threat to humanity is located in China. Um, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt and and assuming you're not an anti-Chinese racist, so it's it's not clear why Twitter would shut you down or why you're being ignored by the rest of the US media. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, Why would the Chinese government intentionally create a virus like this?
6: Okay, if you want to know the exact motive, the exact idea, I think people have to come to ask them, ask Communist Party, why did they do it? Because they are the one do it. We cannot always understand their evil thinking. You have to come to ask them. But what we see already prove that they have done that. It harmed everyone in the world, lead to the historic pandemic involve everyone.
5: How do you believe this virus made its way from the lab in Wuhan outside to the rest of the world?
6: Okay, first, as I said, I, haven't, uh, I have this kind of solid scientific evidence, and also my next report will come out soon to make you fully understand it is. The other thing is I work in the WHO reference lab, which is the top coronavirus lab in the world in the University of Hong Kong. And since I get deeply into such investigation in secret from the early beginning of this outbreak, I had my intelligence because I also get my own unique network in China, involve the hospital, uh, institute, and also government. Also, I work with the top coronavirusologists in the world. So together with my experience, I can tell you, this is created in the lab. This is from that template owned by China military. And also it is spread to the world to make such damage.
5: To make such damage. Do you believe the Chinese government released this intentionally, on purpose? Did they do this?
6: Yes, of course, it's intentionally, and even no need more evidence. You already can see what they try to cover up from the early beginning, as I reviewed. Uh, this is a-
3: this is shocking information, and it should shock everyone to hear this. Whether you just watch that on YouTube or you're listening to the the audio podcast, this is shocking information. Now, when this all first started early in early 2020, the beginning of the year. I said this probably was created in a lab in in Wuhan. I, I can almost guarantee you. Now, I don't really get any credit for that because it was simply a guess because I had no evidence to the contrary. I had no evidence to support that this came out of a lab. But knowing the history of China, how the Chinese communist government operates, it only would make sense... That they did that. And, and as the days and the weeks went on, it became more and more clear that this was, if intentional, one of the most innovative and really smartest ways that China could get us back for really leveling the playing field economically. China is not our friends. Donald Trump will go and try to build a relationship with these guys which will benefit us in the long run, but they are not our friends. He knows that. Everybody knows that. But for some reason, our media runs cover for China. The NBA runs cover for China. And even the left has adopted this bright, sunny picture of communism and Marxism and talks about how great it would be if we were more like China. Can you imagine... Uh, the, the Daily Caller put out a, a, a an amazing video, and I'm going to play it. See, so, And I don't know, we may upload this, this video to YouTube and nobody ever gets to see it. I don't know how YouTube's going to react to it, but we'll find out. They put together this, it's about a four-minute video, and it's a guy, and I don't know who this is, but he's explaining the left's fasc- fascination with Marxism, with communism, and how detrimental it is. And I'm going to play that for you because it's very informational and uh, will give you a real idea of where all this stands. History,
4: and, and I mean, I, I would include myself in that. You know, I mean, I, I know, what I know about the history, say, preceding the 20th century is very sketchy. It's embarrassingly sketchy, you know. Um, and what young people know about 20th century history is non-existent, especially about the history of the radical left. I mean, how would they know? They're never taught anything about it,
0: and so that was the that was the first wind, really, that the West got of exactly what was happening in the Soviet Union. But even at that point, the bloody left-wing intellectuals in North America were so damn clueless, and in Europe, that they never paid much attention to it, with with the exception of a certain number of people like George Orwell, who wrote 1984 and and, uh, and uh, Animal Farm, which is of course a discussion, the main pig in animal farm is Stalin, of course, and it's a story, an allegory about the Russian Revolution whose basic motif is we're all equal, but of course some, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. Communist and Marxist ideology is very good at addling the the weak minds of idiot intellectuals. There was a huge section of the population who was fomenting, I suppose, against the standard, what would you call it, political, psychological, and social order, who were were absolutely committed to, you know, the ethic that's encased in statements like "from each according to his ability, to each according to his need," which sounds perfectly wonderful if you think about it for about 15 seconds, but if you think about it for six months, becomes unbelievably murderous in its reach and 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 intent. You see, in the Western intellectuals tried to make excuses for. What had happened in the soviet union by blaming it on stalin's cult of personality perversion of the original accurate marxist doctrine so they basically said well lenin had lenin lived because he died quite young and was replaced by stalin had lenin lived the promised utopia would have been delivered but solzhenitsyn being an absolute genius documented the relationship number one be- between the axioms of marxist and communist thought and the laws that were generated primarily by lenin and the and the construction of these camps and the dekulakization and all the mass murders he documented the causal relationship between them and laid them clearly at the feet not of stalin but of lenin and so that was also a major blow because it, it undermined the remaining argument of the left-wing radical left-wing apologists in 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 the west for the for the viability of Marxist slash communist doctrines. And you still hear people today, many people when they're faced with the you know, if they're, if, they're, if they're Marxist in their orientation and they're faced with the data pertaining to what happened in the Soviet Union, they'll say something like, well that wasn't real Marxism. But one of the things that you might answer to that is, well fine, except that in every bloody country in the world where that doctrine was implemented, regardless of the wide cultural differences between the cultures, say the Soviet Union, China, Cambodia, and so forth,
4: exactly the same thing happened every time. Typical British middle-class socialist doesn't like the poor; they just hate the rich.
5: It's
4: like, and that was that was exactly the feeling I got that this, this so-called sympathy, empathy, let's say, for the oppressed, had a hell of a lot more to do with vengefulness and resentment with regards to the to anyone who was seen as having privilege. And I certainly think that that's just. And I was thinking about that the other day. I just did a talk in D.C., and I was thinking about. You know the marxist claims to sympathy with the working class because you might say well they actually have sympathy for the working class are they really trying to put their um their 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 positions forward their needs forward or do they just hate the successful mm-hmm. depending on how that's divided up and i thought well how do you make a judgment like that and i had the, this personal experience but then i thought well that's easy with marxism it's like you just look at all the murders and you then you know whether that was a movement that was genuinely motivated by empathy.
3: From what we understand, you got a whole lot of nothing right there. So uh, one more time, more podcasts coming up. Make sure you keep an eye out. Subscribe to Over the Line on YouTube. Make sure you're following us on social media. At Andrew McLean, who on Twitter, on Parlor, that's M C L A I N W H O at Andrew McLean, who, and then over the line on Facebook. That is a very important one to follow, that you can keep up with everything we do. We're out of here. New podcast coming your way tomorrow, and until then, see you, cool.